The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him might not perish, but might have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him will not be condemned, but whoever does not believe, has already been condemned because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, good morning, everybody. Well, praise the Lord uh, for diving to the homily, uh, as many of you already know. So all public masses are resuming officially throughout the diocese on June 8th, which is this Monday. So so uh, all the parishes should be open by then. Uh, for us, so the first public mass officially is Tuesday, as we do with the daily mass schedules. So we're basically back in the regular parish schedule mode. So you can no longer sleep in anymore. So... I hope you enjoyed this last Mass later in the morning, which has been nice, hasn't it? But praise the Lord. So again, uh, so Daily Mass kicks off here at our parish on Tuesday, 8.30, and then we're back in the regular mode. Uh, come Mass a little earlier during in the weekends because all the precautions, there will be some new requirements that the state is uh, making us do. For example, like signing in. We all have to sign in before we go to Mass and so and things like that. So that will take a little bit of time to sign in. So uh, so that will be fun. Good. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, praise the Lord. Yesterday, a new priest was created for our diocese. Many of you know him. He, he came up, visited a couple times, and he's helped us serve here at Mass, during daily Mass. So praise the Lord. We have Father Ryan Mahar. He's, he was ordained yesterday. And he'll be serving in our, our parish up in Reading, St. Joseph in Reading. So if you want to see a baby priest, just uh, <laughs> go up there. It's always beautiful. So we had gathered yesterday, a small group of us, at St. Clair's in Roseville. We have a big parish there, probably one of the biggest as far as capacity is concerned there in Roseville. And ordinations are beautiful. If you've never been to one, I really encourage you, if you ever have a chance in the future, I know it's far for us to drive all down to Sacramento, but it's always a powerful one. Ordinations has the ability to bring, no matter how tough a man is, to tears. And of course, Father Ryan, right before he was ordained, weeping like a baby. And knowing Ryan, he's a big guy. He's tall. He's like six foot something, 100 and 200 something pounds. I don't know how his weight is. I don't know. But former army paratrooper. So he's, he's no... He's no 
pansy, so to speak. But as, as, as for many ordinations, it was brought to tears, weeping the entire time. And from my position in the, in the church there, I, I saw his parents there sitting across. Of course, mom and dad weeping as well. One of the most powerful moments in any ordination is prior, right before the bishop lays his hands on the future priest in that ancient gesture where the bishop, a successor of the apostle, lays his hands on his head. And at that moment, a priest is created. But prior to that moment, there's another amazing gesture. The man will prostrate himself in front of the altar, face down. The entire church at that moment kneels. The bishop turns around, kneels, and faces toward the direction of the cross and the tabernacle in the center of the sanctuary. In that beautiful gesture, the young man will kneel down, as Ryan did, will face down, as we pray for the mighty intercession of all of the angels and saints in heaven, begging God to intercede for what is just about to happen. Notice that gesture. What is that gesture saying? Because he's not just kneeling there because it's comfortable. No, the floor is often cold and dirty. The young man faces face down. Through his body, what Ryan, Father Ryan was saying, is that my life belongs to you now. In that beautiful gesture, my life belongs to you. Speaking to God first, and in the service to God, because his life is no longer his own, to us, the church, in radical service, laying down his life. Beautiful. But now ask yourself, why were we at St. Clair's in Roseville rather than the Cathedral of the Blessed Sacrament in downtown Sacramento? Because all ordinations usually take place at the cathedral, which is the mother church of any diocese, the seats of the bishop. We had to change location just two days prior. Why? Because, as we all know, there was a, as the cities all across our country, and even in many cities across the world now, protests were raging. And there was a massive one planned for downtown Sacramento, and the cathedral is right by the, by the Capitol building there. So we could not have it there because of the crowds that had gathered. Because our nation right now is not at peace, is it? We're not at peace. Mother Teresa had a powerful insight. She says, if we have no peace, it is because we have forgotten that we belong to each other. How powerful and beautiful insight that is. If we have no peace, it is because we have forgotten that we belong to one another. What is police brutality in all of its forms? It's because they forget they're a part of the community and vice versa. 
What is racism? But rather that, the forgetting that we belong to each other. What is rioting the heart of? It's because we have forgotten that we are a part of each other. But rather we have been separated, haven't we? Us versus them. Victim versus victimized. And how violence is antithetical to the great mystery in which today the church remembers. Today we remember the most holy trinity. The most holy trinity. There's a beautiful line in the Catechism of the Catholic Church speaking of this mystery. And I'll quote it here at length, so bear with me. The mystery of the most holy trinity is the central mystery of the Christian faith and life. It is the mystery of God in himself. It is therefore the source of all the other mysteries of faith, the light that enlightened them. It is the most fundamental and essential Christian truth. Now do you see that? It says that the Trinity, which is the nature of God himself, is the central mystery which ties everything that we do as Christians together. In a sense, the Trinity ties our entire Christian civilization. What is it? Because everything flows from the Trinity. Remember, we each and every single one of us is created in the image and likeness of God. See, that is why we desire love, every single one of us. The most fundamental truth of the human person, our most fundamental desire that longs to be satisfied is love at the end of the day. Why is that? Or put it in contrast, why when they want to punish you, if you're a prisoner or a POW, why do they put you to torture you in isolation? Throw somebody in a dungeon, lock them in for, for months. That is the most painful. Because the human being desires community, desires love. Why is that? You see, now factor in the Holy Trinity. The Trinity in and of itself, every single one of us now are created with the image and likeness of God within every single heart, which means that we are created for community, for love. Because that is what the Trinity is. The Father speaking to the Son, saying, You belong to me. The Son now reciprocating the love of the Father. Father, you belong to me. And that love is essential, so powerful that it becomes the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. In essence, what the Trinity is, is one God with three persons speaking you belong to me. You see, every single one of us now, every single person, was created in order to belong to God. But we reject it, don't we? That's what original sin is. Sin enters into the world, what happens immediately? I no longer belong to God. God is an enemy. God must be shunned, hide, rebel. God, you no longer, I no longer belong to you. What is sin amongst us? 
What is violence? What is brutality? What is racism? Ah, you, you no longer belong to me. I don't belong to you. Therefore, if I don't belong to you and vice versa, you're my enemy now. And I must stomp you. You see, that's the heart of violence, at any violence. Is that you no longer belong to me and I don't know, you don't belong to, to one another. So I must dominate you, suppress you for my own good. Do you hear now how antithetical that is? Ryan, Father Ryan, now, as he lay there on that marble floor, after we were done praying, stood up, walked to the center of the sanctuary where the bishop was seated, knelt down, and the bishop placed his hands on his head. And Ryan began to weep, because at that moment, a new priest was created. What is the essential mission of any Catholic priest throughout these 2,000 years? What is his essential mission? If you ask anybody else on the street, what is the essence of a priest, or what is the first thing you think of of a priest? What is the first thought that comes to mind? Oftentimes, you will hear, oh, priests, they're celibate. It's hilarious. Somebody may not practice the faith. They may, they may not know, even been into a Catholic church before. But for whatever reason, the idea of a priest being celibate, they immediately grasp onto. I had a friend one time. He's a priest in Savannah, Georgia. He shared a story once. He was at a, at a Hobby Lobby, I think. He was at the, at, the, at the cashier stand. He was wearing his collar, and he was buying his, th- his, buying his, his stuff. And across the other cashier was a, another line, and there was two there was two bikers, stereotypical bikers, big guys, cut off vests. They're all tatted up from from arm to, to, to the very top of their shoulder there. Big beers, glasses. Even when you think of a, a biker, a Hell's Angels kind of type of guy. So there's two guys in line. And of course, immediately they look scary, don't they? That, that's the look. They're, they're, they're supposed to convey intimidation. And so my friend looked at them as they were also in line buying their belongings, and they made eye contact. And my friend overheard them, because there were two bikers. The biker turned to his other buddy, he says, look, there's a priest over there. Let's get out of here. I'm weirded out by them. Let's go. And they, they literally ran out of the store. Why? It's because we're celibate, I think, that weirds them out. And oftentimes people think, why is a young man becoming celibate? Because in a sense, and I think that weirdness, that awkwardness, I think that's a sign of the Trinity stamped within every single human being. Because they say, being celibate now is unnatural. Isn't it? That's the sense. Why are priests looked at weirdly? <laughs> Why you talk to any young man? What is one of the hardest obstacles if you feel called to the priesthood to embrace it? And they'll say that. 99% of young men will say it is because 
I long to be married, to embrace my wife, to have a family. You ask any priest that. And the vast majority of us will say, that is the hardest thing to let go. Because the human heart longs for love. And so if you think, as those bikers did, that something about the priesthood is unnatural, you are correct. Because it is supernatural. The reason why, as priests, why celibacy from the very beginning was an integral part of the life of the church was because there were those in the community who were called with this precious gift to withhold the beauty and the gift of marriage in order to point to our higher love. You see, that's the heart of every priest. It is to offer themselves as a sacrifice to humanity in radical love to say to the church, my love for, for, for the church is no longer singular. I will not give my love to one particular person. No. My life belongs to all of you. And so I sacrifice myself in that gesture of laying down on the floor prostrated. Because I belong to you now. In order to bring humanity and to point higher and say, we belong to God now. That's the heart of it. We belong to the Trinity. That's the heart of everything we do and why we strive to get to heaven, to live in full union with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You see now Father Ryan, his great mission, his great task, as he withholds the beautiful gift of married love, and they say, oh no, we're pointing higher now to our true destiny. There's a beautiful line, and I'll end here, again from the Catechism. The ultimate end of the whole divine plan is the entry of God's creatures into the perfect unity of the Blessed Trinity. There it is right there. The ultimate end for you and I, for all of humanity, the whole divine plan is to all of us, his creatures, to enter into perfect unity of the Blessed Trinity. Because, my brothers and sisters, as Jesus Christ now sacrifices himself for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son so that everyone who believes in him might not perish, but have eternal life. Jesus is telling us, and by extension through his priests, that we belong to God. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.